And honestly, um, as excited, especially like on Sundays when I'm up in front of people or anytime I'm preaching, that's a whole, I mean, it's funny. Most people will sit down with me and be like, oh, you're not as <laughs> off the top as you are when you're on stage. And I'm like, I'm telling you, that's like a whole other thing the spirit does with me when I'm up there. But, you know, even in times when, when people are like, we got to make a decision, there has to be a time we wait on the Lord. And every time he's been faithful. Um, sometimes it's a little more waiting than we want to do. But uh, if we look to him and trust in him, he always comes through. This is The Calling with Steve Smith, a Family Life original podcast that talks with pastors about the professional and personal challenges they face in their mission to lead others to Christ. Our guest for Episode 6 is Pastor Nick Lincoln with Redefined Church in Wayland, New York. start just with that name I mean you don't you don't just like uh, have a church and uh, hey let's name it uh, whatever there's a lot of thought and prayer that go into it let's start out with that church uh, name redefined uh, give us the thought process and maybe the history behind that a little bit sure uh, yeah you know it's funny because before I stepped out into the ministry uh, full-time starting the church we started it right out of our home uh, before that I was actually preaching uh, at some local churches and at my local church and I had the opportunity to do a whole sermon series and I was praying about it Lord what would you have me do in this series and he gave me this concept of redefined um, not redefining things in a new way but defining things again according to his word uh, and so that whole series took off and um, after that, when I stepped out, you know, I was praying, God, what, what are we going to call this thing? You know, you got to call it something. And uh, I started praying about it and he put that upon my heart. And my heart from the beginning in ministry has really been seeing people's lives redefined according to the gospel, especially in today's world. We are all living according to different truths uh, in air quotes, since you couldn't see me doing that. Right. Um, but what does God have to say about our lives? Who are we really? Because he created us. Scripture says we're fearfully and wonderfully made by him. And so um, who our lives truly are, who we are as people, as individuals is really defined by him and his word. And that's really the heart of Redefined Church. We are redefined by the gospel of Jesus Christ. I love the backstory. I want to hear more about the backstory of, because uh, it's happened to many people. You're not alone when you start a church in your home. Uh, when you, yeah. and were you married at the time uh, still? I mean, yes. Uh, okay. So you and your wife go, okay, we're going to start this church. Can you go back to the time of like you knew that this is what God called you guys to do as a couple and how, you know, when the unknown road is kind of scary for all of us and no matter what we're doing. But uh, take us back to that thought process and even the very first service out of the home. Sure. Uh, you know, that, that's awesome. I, I love the whole idea behind this whole podcast and the call and the calling. Um, if, as far as my life goes, I'll, I'll keep it brief with my whole testimony leading up to it. But um, God radically transformed my life. I was caught up in alcoholism, drugs, depression, anxiety, so severe that I was going to take my life. And one night when I actually had this, this rage and anger within me and I was planning to end my life, God reached out to me in a powerful way. I was in the bathroom of my apartment. I was weeping. I was in tears. And the weirdest thing happened. I just started arguing with a God that I didn't know, a God that I didn't really believe in. And I just said, if you are real and you're an all-powerful God, like people say, you would never let anyone suffer like I'm suffering. And in that moment, he broke through and spoke right into my heart. And he said, give your life to me. And it was kind of a crazy moment because, you know, I felt like my life was worth nothing. 
And in this moment, I just felt this embraced by God, a God that I didn't know, a God that I didn't believe in, but he wanted this terrible, awful life. And I said, if you want this life, you can have it. And I was embraced by him in that moment and everything began to change in my life. I tell you, the next day I woke up, all of my addictions were gone. I was even a cigarette smoker. I looked at a pack of cigarettes. I couldn't even muster up the feeling to have a cigarette. I tore them up, threw them out, got rid of everything. And my life was devoted to Jesus. I started praying. I said, God, I know this is real. I know this is you. I give you my life. And he just started sending me on this amazing journey. Um, I got to a point of uh, uh, doing a worship at my church. And I got invited, um, to go to a family camp. And it's funny because, uh, this ministry, your ministry, family life really had a major impact on my whole calling because I was listening to Chip Ingram one day, and this is after getting saved and being on fire for the Lord. And I just heard a message that I'd heard him give a, a bunch of times before this concept of writing a blank check and giving it over to God. And I just remember thinking in that moment, you know what? I keep telling God, like, it's all about him. But have I really said, you know what? Here's my entire life. Here's every aspect of who I am. Use it. And I prayed and I said, God, that's what I want to do. And I just heard him say, yes, say yes to whatever I put in front of you. Just say yes. And I started doing that. And this was the first moment of saying yes. My pastors, um, they invited me to go to a family camp and do worship with them. And, you know, in, in my mind, I was like, oh, do I really want to do that? And, and I just knew I was like, I told them I'm going to say yes. And so I said yes to it. And I went to this camp and got to know the people and they were super nice. And, um, you know, that night, the one of the nights right before the end of this family camp, I'm at home and I wake up in the middle of the night and I just felt the need to pray. And I'm praying for all these people at the camp and all these situations I heard about. And at the end of it, I just heard God say to me, lead, 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 lead. And I said, Lord, what do you want me to lead? <laughs> and in my mind, I was thinking worship team somewhere. What do you, what do you have for me? You know, the next day I got up early and I felt the need to go early. So I went to this camp early and there was a Bible study there. Um, you know, and it's a family camp. So the only people up earlier is just like the grandparents and everybody at the camp. You know, I'm like probably the youngest person there. And I sneak in late. They're finishing up singing some hymns. And we sit down and the guy leading the Bible study said, you know what? I got to tell you, God told me he called somebody into the ministry last night. And I'm telling you, like my everything went to the pit of my stomach. I was just butterflies, like nervous, scared. I'm like, this is kind of crazy. What He's not talking about you. And his whole Bible study that he gave, all I kept telling myself is he's not talking about you. He's not talking about you. But uh, either way, I get up to lead worship uh, at the end of the service they had that morning. And after leading worship, this man comes up to me and he he wanted to talk to me. Um, and someone else who was already having a conversation with me, they said, do you want to talk to this young man? He says, I just have to give him a hug. And I said, OK. And a complete stranger. I've never met the guy in my entire life. Mm -hmm. He gives me this hug. And he embraces me and I'm doing everything I can not to not to cry in this moment. It's overwhelming for me. And, and he says to me, have you ever felt like the Lord was calling you into ministry? And I was like, actually, and I started telling him my story about saying yes to everything and being led to this camp and God telling me to lead. And I don't know what it is. And both of the men there were just kind of laughing. I'm like, I don't know what to do next. And they're like, you need to pray. You need to just pursue the Lord in this. And they laid hands on me and prayed over me. And I drove home. It was an hour and a half drive. I'm weeping the whole way home. And it was just so real. I knew God was looking to do something more in my life. I went to my parents' house to share it with them. And of course they weren't home. So I went home and prayed and I just spent a lot of time with the Lord. And, and just week after week, he began just to reveal this calling to me. And it was totally not on my radar. I mean, I did like uh, worship team stuff. I would sing, I'd play guitar, but but speaking, uh, it, I never had considered it, never really considered being a pastor. But um, 
yeah, shortly after that, uh, a couple mornings later, uh, he he woke me up and he said, listen, can, contact your pastor. There's this little tent revival coming up uh, just in the town of Springwater. They're going to pop up a tent and uh, have some meetings there. And he said, ask your pastor to speak there. And so I got a hold of my pastor and he's like, are you serious? You want to do this thing? That's awesome. He goes, unfortunately, all the speakers are booked, mm-hmm. um, but I'll keep it in mind for the future because I think it's an awesome idea and you should totally pursue that if you feel that God that God's calling you to do it. And afterwards I was like, okay, I was obedient. I don't have to do it. Uh, a couple of days later, I get a phone call. He goes, you're not going to believe this. Someone dropped out. Were you serious about this speaking thing? Mm-hmm. And I said, yes, <laughs> I'm saying yes to everything. I'll say yes to this. Um, and and after that point, I just got up to that morning. Uh, it was going to be the afternoon to do this whole speaking thing. I got in the word. I had no idea. I'd never done anything like this before. Um, and I got to that meeting that night and I just had this calm. There was no nerves in me. There was no butterflies in my stomach. Even the feelings I would get before leading worship, it wasn't there. And uh, I got up to preach that night and I had all these notes laid out in front of me and I was all nervous. I'm standing there in this moment. As soon as I stand up there, I'm like, okay, what's this going to be? I don't know, because even in my times of practice, I'm just reading through my notes. And I'll tell you, like, as soon as I got up there in that moment, laid out my notes, all of a sudden everything ceased. I was in that zone and the the wind literally blew through and blew my papers off the stands and everybody's trying to get them. And I'm like, I don't even need those. Hmm. And in this moment, the Holy Spirit came upon me and it was like, oh my gosh, like this is what I was created for. And I just started Hmm. preaching afterwards. People were getting saved. A woman came up to me and she's crying. She says, my daughter, I've been trying to reach her for years. She gave her life to Christ. Other people are like, what church are you from? And I'm like, well, I'm not, I'm not a pastor of any church. This is the first time I've ever done this. And that started fast tracking me into all the preaching and, and everything from there. And, and from that point, the Lord brought my wife, this, this girl that I grew up with. I always had a heart for, she was always, you know, that girl that I, we just never connected. He brought her back in my life. She got saved. You know, we got married. I told her about this calling that God put upon my life. And, and then there was kind of the season of just time where nothing was really happening. I wasn't really preaching much anywhere. And and she asked me one night, we went out to dinner and we were driving home. And she said, uh, what happened to that whole preaching thing and being a pastor? It seems like it kind of faded. You said when we got married, this was it. And I said, I don't know. And that next morning I got an email <laughs> about uh, coming and sitting down. And this was through the Wesleyan church at the time. And so I went and had meetings there and, and nothing ever really connected where I felt like Lord was saying, this is what you need to do. And so my wife and I, we started an online blog um, and God blessed it. Like right the first couple of weeks, we started getting 500 people a day on that website. Um, and it was just started skyrocketing. So we were ministering in that form, but he kept pulling me towards the church and it just, the timing was never right. And I would pray. And it just felt like the whole time there was like this thing that he was bringing me into that just never came to pass. And, um, there was a whole testimony be- behind how we got our house and all of that. And I'd love to share that sometime, but I'll try to keep this part as brief as possible for you. But, um, yeah. And we get to this house. It used to be her father's house. It was everything she was praying for and beyond. It was crazy how God set it all up. And I, I went in the back room and there was just this open area that her father had redone when he lived there. And I said, this is where we're going to do church. I said, listen, if God gives us this house, this is everything you're praying for. It's his house Mm -hmm. and we need to step out. And that's what we did. The first uh, week we moved in, we still had boxes. We didn't unpack. We moved in. I think we got like moved in on a Thursday and we did church on Sunday. Uh, We set out chairs. People came. We had about 50 people and we just started doing church right out of the back room of my house. When was that? What year was that 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 started? Um, That was four years ago. I think it was 2018. Okay. Wow. 
You know, uh, Jesus Revolution movie is very popular. When's your movie come out? I want to go see your movie. <laughs> I mean, that's that's yeah. a that's an amazing God story. I mean, that's a yeah. that's your own. That's the the uh, Jesus Revolution in Nick's life, right? <laughs> Amen. Yeah, man. All right. So you have that very very first. You remember what you preached on the very first time in the house? Well, yeah, because. From the start, the, I, I prayed, God, what are we going to do? And he wanted me to preach right through the word. So we went to the gospel of John. So it was right at the beginning. And I think actually we, we went to chapter one, but I think I first preached um, from the end of the gospel of John that talks about how all these things were written that, that you might believe. And that was kind of the key heart of that entire process of going through the gospel of John, that people might believe and have life in his name. All right, so 2018, that starts there in the house, and because I'm really into this movie, I want to hear the rest of the story here. Uh, and and then nothing huge happens. Like, I mean, certainly something like COVID wouldn't hit. Um, nothing like that. And so, what happens then? Wow. Yeah, you know, that was actually like kind of a blessing in disguise. It was because, like, come on, that's quite a challenge, especially when you start right out. It came pretty quick, like right into the ministry. Um, you know, we were like everybody else in that moment. We didn't um, know what to do at first. We we did a couple online services, um, which, you know, it, it's nothing like being in person and being around the people. But um, it, it kind of lined up for us. We only did a, a few of those and were able to start doing outdoor services. I think our first outdoor service we did was Easter Sunday, which kind of worked out perfect because we were kind of already outgrowing the back room of my house. <laughs> so it was kind of perfect timing when it hit to do and move into something else. So we did a couple online services, went to an outdoor service. It was Easter that year. I remember being so cold that my fingers were going numb trying to play guitar, but it was just amazing because everybody pulled up in their cars and we started doing uh, drive-in services. And that just turned into outdoor services in general. We got a tent. Uh, we did a whole tent season. Um, and, and God just started moving us around to some different buildings until we got into the church we're in today. Talking with Pastor Nick Lincoln, uh, Redefined Church in Wayland, New York. And um, I get this feeling because God, and I'm going, I'm going with God's timing here because God's timing is always mm -hmm. perfect. And you've always, you've already discussed it. You've said, you know, I was ready, but then nothing happened. And then how you, you were so excited. I'm talking up now present day. Is it a challenge for you? Cause you have so much excitement in your voice and you've seen God do so many things. Is there a temptation to like, okay, we need to do this. We, we, we need to do this as opposed to waiting for God. Is that a challenge for you at all? Cause you seem so excited about what God's doing. You know, I am excited about it, but I'm excited because of the time of waiting and of the time of trusting in him and of the time of walking with him. It's that past testimony of my life that that causes me to have an excitement for what's ahead, right? right? And so as I've been journeying with him, I've learned in those moments already that when I try to take a hold of it and I try to put myself into it, the result is nothing compared to when I just leave it totally up to him. And, and all the testimony that I have, it's his testimony in my life. It's those seasons where I was at a point of desperation and I was saying, listen, God, I can't do it. I need you to do it. And it's in those moments of complete dependency and, and desperation that I've seen him break through the most. And so I've just learned in my walk with him as excited as I am, um, I need to continually depend upon him and wait upon him. And that's what we look to do here in every moment. Anytime there was a season change with the church of where are we going to be next? What are we going to do? We prayed. And honestly, um, as excited, especially like on Sundays when I'm up in front of people or anytime I'm preaching, that's a whole, I mean, it's funny. Most people will sit down with me and be like, oh, you're not as <laughs> off the top as you are when you're on stage. And I'm like, I'm telling you, that's like a whole other thing the spirit does with me when I'm up there. But, you know, even in times when, when people are like, we got to make a decision, there has to be a time we wait on the Lord. And every time he's been faithful. 
Um, sometimes it's a little more waiting than we want to do. But uh, if we look to him and trust in him, he always comes through. You know, God puts us through things, uh, all of us in our life, that uh, expands our ministry, really, once we God gets mm-hmm. us through it, because then we can then uh, communicate uh, at a level that other people are going through. And and I think to people, how do you, uh, you know, let's say people are Christians, right? You know, that, let's say they are believers, and they, they've believed on the Lord Jesus and given their life to the Lord, and now all of a sudden one day they wake up and they're depressed, and they don't want to get out of bed, and they don't feel like there's a purpose in their life. And now all of a sudden they feel, Ooh, I must not be a very good Christian because, you know, I do believe, but, but, but all these things, um, you know, mental health issues, those kind of things. Uh, how do you minister to those people? And, and how do you uh, talk to people? Because you've been through something before. God changed you radically. But now there's someone who believes and now they're depressed. Uh, what's your word mm-hmm. to them? Yeah. I think we got to always remember we're on a journey and his heart for us is wholeness, right? And the most beautiful thing is he leads us on this journey, not just between us and him, but collectively, you know, as a family. And I think when it comes to depression, one of the most important things that you can do is to stay connected. Amen. Like stay connected with the people of God, be surrounded by the people of God, because they're going to remind you of his goodness and his grace in your life. I feel like for most Christians, we fall into that state uh, when we start taking our eyes off of the Lord and putting it onto our situations on what's happening to us in the moment when really the Lord and the perspective that the Lord has for us is this whole thing that he's looking to do ultimately in our lives. And I think for Christians, sometimes we uh, get really stuck in that place of the moment and we look at the current battle we're in. And it's hard for us to see the victory, but that's where testimony comes in that continual reminder of what he's already done. And above all else, no matter if we're a new Christian and we fall in depression or we've been a Christian 30 or 40 years and this comes upon us, there, there, there's testimony within our own lives in the lives of believers that are around us. But also there's the testimony of Jesus. We can never lose sight of the cross. And in Romans 5, it says that God has shown his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And in times when we slide into backsliding into sin or fall into depression in these moments, we must always remember the love that he has for us and has already shown for us. And we know based upon his past faithfulness that he will be faithful again. We can't worry about the moment. We can't worry about our situations. If we cast our cares upon Jesus, we always remember that he cares for us. And if we fix our eyes upon him, all we'll see is his victory even within our lives. Nick, I picture uh, some friends. You talked about your past life uh, before Jesus uh, radically changed you. Uh, people you hung with, and and the guys, and you you partied with, and the people, and that kind of. And now they see this change in Nick. Uh, tell some of those stories of how you, as a new believer, maybe deal with that, and maybe even somehow God has touched some of their lives through you. Any any backstories with that? Yeah, for sure. Um, You know, sadly, I have some friends from my past that have passed away in that old lifestyle that I was in. And, you know, that that's hard because you think and it's like, man, if if I would have given my life to the Lord earlier, what might he have done? But we can't stay in that place. We got to remember and be happy and be grateful for his grace upon our lives now. But um, there's also many uh, of my friends from the past that are still alive to this day. And and God, by his grace, has given me the opportunity to minister and to be in their lives. Um, There's some of those friends from that past. Honestly, um, when I got born again, I tried to hang with that old crowd for a while. But after a little bit, I was just like, I I can't be here anymore. 
more in this season. And I think that's important to remember as well is that uh, sometimes for a season, he pulls us away. Um, but by his grace, uh, there's uh, one, and I'll just share a real brief testimony here. Um, a buddy of mine that was actually my wife's cousin. And I was friends with him before I was even married to my wife. And, um, you know, he was with me in that past lifestyle. He saw my life, but he also saw me now and the changes that God was doing. And it's amazing because one night he came over and he's like, can I just come split some wood with you? And I honestly, there's nothing on my radar about salvation or anything. I was like, yeah, of course you can. I'll always use extra help splitting wood, you know? Mm -hmm. So he's out there splitting wood with me. And I just, I heard the Lord say to me, he said, it's times like these, good times like these that open up opportunities to share the gospel. I'm like, amen. You know, I'm excited to tell my wife, I'm like, hey, I think he's going to come over more and these opportunities are going to open him to the gospel. But that night we went inside and sat on the couch and he he just literally said, hey, what did you talk about in church this week? Hmm. And I was like, what? And I was like, okay, I'll tell you about Moses. You know, he went to Catholic school when he was younger. He knew way more about the scriptures and the, the Bible than I ever would have assumed. He just started talking to me and I just started sharing my life. And he was like, at the end of our conversation, he goes, this is the most fascinating conversation I've ever had in my life. Hmm. And all we were talking about was Jesus. And, you know, that's what amazes me. So many people think like the Jesus and the Christian faith is like some boring, terrible thing. It is the most amazing life-giving thing that is out there. And if people just hear it and they see it in your life, it changes everything. And I'm talking with him that moment and ministering in with him. And he's like, you know what? I got to gotta run to the restroom. I'll be right back. And my wife came out and she goes, what's happening here? I'm like, I think your cousin's about to get saved. And she's like, what? And I'm like, I'm telling you, there's just something. The Holy Spirit's doing something in his heart right now. And so he came out afterwards. He's like, listen. I got to tell you, everything you shared with me was like amazing. I'm just sharing the gospel in Jesus. And he goes, I got to really, I'm going to pray and think about these things. Like, I'm going to seek this thing out. And I go, no, listen, I don't want you to leave here without accepting this. You've, you've heard this. You've heard about Jesus. You've heard about him throughout your life, but you've seen him in my life. And I believe in this moment right here tonight, he has something for you. And he let me pray with them. I led him in a, a prayer of salvation. And he was like, hey, can I like, is there any way to listen to the Bible? I want to listen to the, I'm like, yeah. And I showed him the Bible app. He's like, I'm going to listen on the way home. And I pointed him to the gospel of John. And it's just um, like, that was, blew my mind. And that's that's just God and the story of God in my life in general. He continues to just blow my mind as I just look to him and follow him. But he's done that. Some of my other friends, I'm still friends with Um, They haven't come to the Lord, but we're just a continual example in their lives. And we love on them uh, all the same. And it opens up opportunities. You said already mentioned that everybody has their own journey. Uh, how about the ones who uh, you had a radical change and, and some other friends you've seen? Uh, but what about the ones that said, okay, I'm accepting the Lord and they don't, not that they've been a bad person or anything, and they don't feel anything. They don't, uh, they don't notice any real difference right away. And they say, hey, Nick, like, it, you know, it was radical for you. How come it's just, I don't feel anything? What, what do you tell them? Yeah. Everybody's lives and, and journeys with the Lord are a little bit different. You know, there's like this simplicity to the gospel. We receive it. We believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ and we're saved. And this is the importance of truth and standing on truth and not just on our feelings. I genuinely believe that um, um, God is, is for us and for our feelings. And he obviously in him, when we're in him, he wants us to have those good feelings, that peace, that joy, all of these things. But we're always in different seasons and different battles. And even if we come to the Lord and we don't have some Damascus Road experience like the Apostle Paul or even like my experience and my 
encounter with the Lord. It doesn't mean that we're not saved. God has something in store for each one of us and each one of us are on a different journey. And I've seen it in so many people's lives where they're like, you know, I know I gave my life to the Lord. I just, I, it's like, where is that moment of real breakthrough? And, and that comes in the continual journey and walk with him. Sometimes in people's lives, they get delivered from all sorts of things the moment they believe. I mean, even for me, I was alcoholism uh, in my depression immediately taken away. My anxiety went away, came back for a moment. God took it away again. That's a whole other conversation. Um, um, the drugs, even the cigarettes gone right away. I, I have people that are in my church that I know are genuinely born again. I've seen the fruit in their lives um, and they still struggle with some of these things. Um, but, but that's part of the struggle. This is the journey we're in together. And I believe God can deliver them. Um, it's in his timing, but it's part of the journey. Everything we're learning right now in the Lord, we're here on this earth to experience him, that we might know him and make him known. And every one of these things ends up turning into a testimony of his grace when we hand it over to him. But it's not always immediate. Nick, do you, uh, what do you do to re-energize yourself? Uh, you're energized now, obviously, and you say when you get up to speak, but do you find it a challenge as a pastor? Because uh, you're, you know, you're constantly thinking, doing. Uh, do, you have a, do you find it a challenge personally to, to step away just for a second and kind of chill and re-energize a little bit? Yeah. You know, um, it's kind of interesting. Since we started the church, I hadn't taken any vacations because it just, it wasn't feasible. It wasn't going to work. Nothing on um, this past, this past year, I was outside doing chores and I just felt the Lord say, go to North Carolina with your family. I went inside, told my wife, she's like, you serious? I'm like, we're going to figure it out. So we went Sunday after church and got back um, the, the Saturday before the next service. And, you know, honestly, just having that extra time with my family and getting away was amazing. Um, you know, but for me, I, I'm just in a season in ministry and I know well, maybe there's probably going to be other pastors listening to this podcast too. We go through seasons. Uh, it's always important to remember his faithfulness. It's always important to get rest when we need it. Um, but I'm honestly in a season right now where, uh, you know, there's just this excitement about God around me. Uh, the people are just turning their hearts to the Lord for the first time or back to the Lord uh, now. And there's just this hunger and excitement. We're seeing new people every week. I mean, it's hard to get burnout when, when we're in a season like this. Um, but I remember every single day, uh, just that his mercies are new every morning. You know, every day I start off in the morning with prayer, getting into the word, just getting my heart set on him, realizing that this is his ministry. Um, I'm just the one here that said, Hey, I'm willing to use me <laughs> just like thousands and millions of people around the world that are saying the same thing. Anyone listening to this can say the same thing. Lord, use me. I'm willing. And he will. Um, but when we really believe that it's him and not us, it's really easy to put that weight onto his shoulders and not carry that burden. Pastor Nick Lincoln, uh, Redefined Church in Wayland, New York. Uh, it's the first time we've ever chatted, and you're one of those people, and I'm sure you'll be the first one to say this. You've already said it in so many different ways. You're one of those people that I feel better after I talk to you than I did when I started the conversation, <laughs> and that's because of who's inside you and comes out. It's obvious. It's evident. Uh, that fruit of the Spirit is uh, is overflowing uh, like a sponge that's uh, so filled with water that you can't help but drip it all over everybody else. So, uh, Pastor Nick, pleasure chatting with you and uh, continued, uh, continued blessings for Redefined Church in Wayland, New York. Thank you. God bless. You've been listening to Episode 6 of The Calling, a Family Life original podcast. Be sure to check out all of Family Life's original podcasts, including Therese Talk, If That Makes Sense, The Powerable Podcast, and Business by the Book. You can find them wherever you download content or at familylife.org. 
Family Life is a not-for-profit listener-supported ministry, relying on your generous support to make podcasts like this possible. Find out how you can get involved when you go to familylife.org.